0: Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Katrina and Sharon, for that update on VBS. At this time, I'll invite Anna Nolte to come forward to read the scripture. The scripture is uh, the first part of uh, Psalm 102, and that is on uh, page 594 on the, uh, in the Pew Bible. It will also be on the screen.
1: Psalm 102 is a prayer of one who is overwhelmed with trouble, pouring out his problems before the Lord. Right now I'll read section 1, which is verses 1 to 11. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I am in distress. Turn your ear to me. When I call, answer me quickly. For my days vanish like smoke. My bones burn like glowing embers. My heart is blighted and withered like grass. I forget to eat my food. Because of my loud groaning, I am reduced to skin and bones. I am like a desert owl, like an owl among the ruins. I lie awake. I have become like a bird alone on a roof. All day long, my enemies taunt me. Those who rail against me use my name as a curse. For I eat ashes as my food, and mingle my drink with tears, because of your great wrath. For you have taken me up and thrown me aside. My days are like the evening shadow. I wither away like grass.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much, Anna. You may want to, in the message notes in the bulletin, you may want to answer the the blanks that are in there or just use it to jot ideas down uh, from the sermon this day. Let us uh, look to God in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this psalm. As we continue our series on the psalms, we thank you, O God, for penning this for us, for our day, and for our time. And we pray that your spirit would speak to each of us, no matter where we are in our journey, in our journey of life and also of our Christian life. Thank you, O God. Through Christ we pray. Amen. This psalm, the first part of this psalm, is a lament or a cry for help. And several weeks ago, I started washing my vehicle after seven o'clock. And with the scrubbing and the detailing that I planned to do, I was aware that I was racing with the sun to get this job finished before nightfall. I parked the vehicle in the shadow, in one of the shadows there where we live, so that I could, would not be washing it in the direct sunlight. And as I worked and then as Anna joined me in this project, the sun quickly sank beneath the horizon and it soon disappeared. Soon the evening shadows passed and I was enveloped by the darkness. Now the psalmist in verse 11 laments that his life has passed so very, very quickly. When he says, my life passes as swiftly as the evening shadows. Now for those of us age 60 or older, I think we are probably able to resonate with the psalmist as we look back and on our lives and say, yes, indeed, where did the years go to? What happened to those years? This psalm can be divided into three sections. As I said, verses 1 to 11 is a lament or a cry for help. Verses 12 to 22 affirms God's reign. And verses 23 to 28 is the conclusion of this psalm where the psalmist recaps what was mentioned, the themes of the first two sections. The literary, the literary space of this psalm is in the fourth book of Psalms, which is chapters 90 through 106. Here in that book four, the emphasis is on the kingship of God. And so we have this emphasis on the kingship of God here in the second section. The psalmist begins with a request to God. In verses one and two, the psalmist says, Lord, hear my prayer, listen to my plea. Don't turn away from me in my time of distress. Bend down to listen and answer me quickly when I call to you. The psalmist needs to experience the presence of God, needs to experience the presence of God in the here and now, needs to sense and know that God is nearby. It's interesting that he says that the God is to be present God is to bend down. Don't turn away from me. Bend down to listen and answer me quickly. This opening request is found in many other psalms where the psalmist pleads to God to be present. And just one example is in Psalm 39, verse 12, where the psalmist says, Hear my prayer, O Lord, Listen to my cries for help. Don't ignore my tears, for I am your guest, he proclaims, a traveler passing through as my ancestors were before me. Now, in the remainder of these first 11 verses, the psalmist describes his psychic and his physical pain, the psychic and physical pain that he is experiencing. And he describes that in powerful and picturesque metaphors, word pictures, as to what he is dealing with. In verse 3, he introduces this theme of the nature and the brevity of life. Two commentators, Brueggemann and Bellinger, comment, Life lasts no longer than smoke, scattered by the wind. Life is here one moment. And then life, our physical life as we know it, is quickly snuffed out. And here the psalmist in these first 11 verses faced evidently some sort of terminal illness as he complains and as he cries out to God. He says that his bones were burning like hot coals. He says that his bones and his heart and his appetite his appetite for food, are all affected by this disease. And as the disease rages within him, he says we, he is reduced to skin and bones. He says in an additional word pictures, he says, I'm like an owl in the wilderness, in, in the desert, an owl or a vulture. And as a result of his insomnia, he says he lies awake at night and he's like a solitary bird. I like this metaphor. He's like a solitary bird on the, on the rooftop where he's by himself. And that's what we feel like in the midst of the middle of the night of insomnia when we're unable to be asleep and the rest of the world is sleeping. The psalmist says he is like a solitary bird on the rooftop. And he has ashes for food and his tears mingle with his drink. In verse 10, he blames God for the suffering as he experiences the absence of God in this difficulty. And while God is absent from him, his enemies are present and they taunt him. His enemies are there in the midst of the absence of God and they taunt and mock and curse him. And in verse 10, He's like, he says, his life is like the evening shadows, and he is experiencing the evening of life, even though, according to verse 23, later in the chapter, he is in the middle of his life. He's in midpoint. He is too young, he tells God. He is in the midpoint of life. Now, he says, life is like the evening shadows. And the psalmist says in verse 24, but I cried to him, Oh, my God, who lives forever, don't take my life while I am so young. Don't take my life, for I am while I am so young. So he's evidently in the midpoint of life, though yet in the midst of this disease, in the midst of this terminal illness, he comes to God as a needy, very needy person. So then we'll look at verses 12 to 22, A hymn of praise and adoration affirming God's reign. And Anna will read that from where she is. Verses
1: 12 to 22. But you, Lord, sit enthroned forever. Your renown endures through all generations. You will arise and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. For her stones are dear to your servants. Her very dust moves them to pity. The nations will fear the name of the Lord. All the kings of the earth will revere your glory. For the Lord will rebuild Zion and appear in his glory, he will respond to the prayer of the destitute. He will not despise their plea. Let this be written for a future generation, that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. The Lord looked down from his sanctuary on high. From heaven he viewed the earth. To hear the groans of the prisoners and release those condemned to death so the name of the Lord will be declared in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem when the peoples and the kingdoms assemble to worship the Lord.
0: Okay, in this section, this section is a communal prayer of praise and adoration to God. The first section was an individual, his own, his own prayer to God as an individual where he's crying out to God in lament, in lament to God. And these verses are a prayer of God's people at worship in the midst of loss, in the midst of crisis. God's people are coming to worship. So therefore, this psalm, in contrast to the first part with the lament, this part is now an example of gratitude and praise. Where the first part was the psalmist was feeling rejection from God Now the psalmist is gathering with God's people and is saying, yes, indeed, God is present. This is an expression of God's caring, God's presence, and God's love. And when he says, the name of God will last for all generations. In another contrast, this passage emphasizes the permanence of God in contrast to the fleeting nature of humanity. The fleeting nature of humanity where the life is like the smoke. Here God is present, and will God will continue to be present from generation after generation, that it was God who formed the heavens and the earth and the foundations of the earth, and God will continue to be present. Now with the reference to dust, and with the reference to stones in verse 14, we recognize scholars recognize that this psalm may have been written during the exile when the temple in Jerusalem was lying in ruins. And the people looked back, the people recognized that this was was horrible devastation for them. Klaus Westerman, a theologian who saw the destruction of Berlin during World War II in Berlin, Germany, writes, All who've experienced their city's destruction understand such phrases as, and here he's quoting the psalm, as hold her stones dear, and have pity on her dust. Moving right along, we'll come to the, then to the next section. The conclusion is where the psalmist has a recap in verses 23 to 28, the conclusion to the topics of these first two sections of the psalm. And again, Anna will read that those verses. Verses 23 to
1: 28. In the course of my life, he broke my strength. He cut short my days. So I said, do not take me away, my God, in the midst of my days. Your years go on through all generations. In the beginning, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them, and they will be discarded. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. The children of your servants will live in your presence, their descendants will be established before you.
0: Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, Anna. Now, in this passage, in this section, the psalmist again returns to the, to the lament the fact that he's struggling, that he is in the midst of illness and suffering. And he implores God not to cut short his life in the midst of, as he's going through this, this horrible situation. And he affirms the permanence of God, the creator God who made the heavens and the earth. And he affirms and he says, they will perish, but you will remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will change them like a garment and discard them, like we throw away old clothes that are ripped and torn and worn out. We throw them away. And he's saying that's what will happen to the earth and the heavens, but God stays forever. God remains permanent. Even what he has created is not permanent. So what do we learn from this psalm? We might ask, what are the takeaways? How do we apply this psalm to us, to our experience? How do we apply this psalm into our lives? Well the first thing I want to say, the first takeaway, and this will be on the screen, is in the midst of loss and crises, plural, in the midst of loss and crises, we can be honest with God about our own feelings of loss, anger, and despair. I think, uh, Pastor Jeff, you used the fact of being defeated. Well, here the psalmist is saying that if whatever feelings we have, even if it means defeated or despair, it means we can bring that to God. And the psalmist model for us that our prayers and and expressions to God can be open and honest. We don't need to hide behind a pious sense, a pious face of goodness or a piety and need to put on a certain expression before God as we come to pray. We come to our God in the midst of our challenges, in the midst of our despair. We come to our God and bring our feelings to God and express them to God as we are going through difficulties. The leader resource suggests that the Psalms of Lament provide a pattern of prayer for desperate times. We do not hide our misery from God. We do not pretend that all is well. Instead, we name our grief, acknowledge our misery, and shed bitter tears. Naming our woes and crying out to God opens a pathway to new awareness of God's presence, end of quote. Earlier in the Psalms, in Psalm 56, verse 8, the psalmist suggests that God collects our tears in a bottle. That God collects and saves our tears in a bottle. Mark Vincent, a pastoral colleague who has done a number of intentional interim ministries and his wife, Lori, have gone through much struggle and much difficulty as his wife, Lori, has battled cancer. And he wrote on Facebook this week. He says, and I quote, In 1997, at a time when I was wondering if Preaching ministry was something I would ever do again. I had a beautiful night driving across the Mojave Desert with the Hale Bob Comet brilliantly lit in the moonless sky. I had an epiphany that evening, coming to understand that my work with multiple denominations, rather than a congregation, could be a platform for preaching the gospel. Silly me for thinking it wasn't so. And then Mark continues. Years later, I find I have felt the same after each congregational interim ministry assignment ends. Time and time again, the calling I believe God placed on my life, which has been confirmed by others, finds a new outlet and a new platform. You'd think I would learn. I was feeling the same last evening driving across rural Wisconsin on a desperate trip home. I recently finished a wonderful assignment with a great congregation. My wife, whose love has been a sustaining strength all these years, is in hospice. Although a little more stable at the end of the day, it is because the pain is better medicated. Yesterday, she walked on her own, however, slowly. Today, she is bedfast. She will never accompany me to a worship service again, and never again have the opportunity to be my eyes and ears with the congregation in oh so many informal ways. So much feels as its ending. I entered into my sad sack, woe is me place. Salking at 70 miles an hour as I drove alongside the kettles of the Badger State. And then the moon arose, large and brilliant, painting the sky like the comet all those years ago. I was reminded a preaching platform remains, and I'm standing on it. I've been standing on it for a long time. And then Mark concludes... Life in all its facets, including how we handle death and suffering, may be the most powerful preaching platform there is. It's a platform Laurie and I have lived upon since 1999. It has been a long and profound sermon, now reaching its final point and the closing hymn. We need to proclaim it well, he says, and I need to stop wondering about what, if anything follows, end of quote. And if you would like to read more about their journey that they've been on since 1999, they have written a book entitled "Fighting Disease, Not Death: Finding a Way Through Lifelong Struggle." Anne Weems has written her own book on Psalms of Lament. And in the preface of her book, entitled simply Psalms of Lament, she says that this book is not for everyone. It's for those who weep, and for those who weep with those who weep. This book is for those who are living with scalding tears running down their cheeks. And then she says, on August 14, 1982, the stars fell from my sky. My son, my Todd had been killed less than an hour after his 21st birthday. August 14, 1982. And still I weep. In looking at some of the psalms in her book, I decided to share one with you as part of the sermon this day. Psalm 7. O God, you've allowed death to take him away, leaving me alone in the chill dawn of unfinished love. What could you have been thinking? Ungiven gifts pile about me. Unsung songs remain trapped in in my throat. Unsaid words lie rotting in my mouth. And I sit staring down a lifetime of unlived days. For love didn't leave when death arrived. God, what will I do with the unfinished love? It wells up within me with nowhere to go, and I'm bursting with the pain of it. Come to me, O Comforter, come to me. Hold me against the pain for just a while so that I might catch my breath. Come to me, O comforter, and give me peace. O God, I don't understand all this. Give me your peace that passes all understanding. Give me the grace that only you can give, the grace that overflows with peace, so that I might spend my days telling all who would hear, thank you. Oh God, you are the answer. Yes, as Anne Weems portrays, and as Art Mark Vincent shares, we can be honest with God about our feelings. We can be honest with God about our laments and sorrow. And she was brutally, brutally honest with God when she said, "Oh God, what were you thinking? What were you thinking?" She brings her sorrow to God. Takeaway number two. We need to recognize, we need to recognize that our earthly life is fleeting and transient and will soon slip from our fingers. The psalmist says it's like a wisp of smoke. Probably many of you have sat around the campfire and saw the wisp of smoke arise from the campfire and it soon disappears into the air. That's what the psalmist says is our life. The wise man Solomon suggests in Ecclesiastes 12, 1, Remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, and the years draw near when you will say, I have no pleasure in them. So one of the purposes of this short life on this earth is to prepare for the next life to prepare to be in the presence of Jesus, to be around the throne, where we'll stand around the throne in heaven and giving praise and adoration to God. Thirdly, the third takeaway is that we have both, in our relationship with God, we experience both individual prayer and communal prayer and worship. We experience both the individual prayer and communal prayer and worship. And with in this psalm we see that the psalmist what the psalmist said as he was individually crying out to God and then as he comes to God with other believers the gathering of God's people to give praise to the creator God the psalmist